Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. I'll be sitting down with some phenomenal women to discuss love. I believe we grew distant out of love of some type, like, I don't want to hurt you. Loss. Really don't know what's going to trigger that feeling of grief in any moment. And a topic very important to my work, self-care. Freedom is self-care. It's not about pedicures. It's not about clothing. It's not about trips. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Today, I'm speaking with Julie Wilson, the fashion and beauty editor at Essence Magazine. We're talking about motherhood, writing, career, and of course, self-care. This conversation is rooted in love and vulnerability as we sit back and share stories about motherhood, wife life, and everything else in between. This is Julie's story. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's up? (laughs) Julie, thank you so much for being with me today. How are you? I'm really great. I'm really excited to be here with you. I love you, and I love everything about you, so I'm really excited that I'm getting to chat with you. So before we get started with our conversation, I would love for you to tell the Hey Girl listeners a little bit about you. So who are you and what do you do? Oh, who am I? I am Julie Anastasia Wilson Wareham. I am the fashion and beauty director at Essence Magazine. I'm a mama and to my four-year-old son, Orion, and the wife to my husband, Rasan, and a sister and a daughter and a friend and all of those things as well. So diving in, fashion and beauty at Essence, I would love to chat with you about how you got started where you are, maybe even before Essence, and how you came to be in that position and what it's taught you about sisterhood and community and standing in your power. Whoa. That's a <laughs> it's <big> loaded. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, that's a lot. Um, how did I get here? I mean, I think I always knew I wanted to be a writer mm-hmm. and I wanted to write about fashion and beauty because those things excited me and were fun. And so after a series of internships, I landed my first full-time job at Real Simple Magazine as, as the assistant to the editor-in-chief and kind of worked my way up to being the staff fashion editor for six and a half years. So it was a long time in the beginning of my career. And then I transitioned over to the Huffington Post because, you know, it was 2011 and magazines were folding and Mm. they were keeping their websites. And I just knew that in order to have longevity in the industry, I would really have to learn digital. And the best place to learn digital is at a juggernaut like HuffPost. And so I went to HuffPost and I was there for four and a half years. And I think I have over 2,500 clips post because it was just um it was just a machine Mm. i was just you know writing like it could be like four to six stories a day like six days a week so it was a lot but it was really great to kind of learn digital and learn the wave of how publishing and how journalism was going and then um, I got the opportunity while I was at the Huffington Post actually to write a September cover story for Essence which is just like insane because like as a little black girl coming up 
you know, in the world in general. You don't even have to be into writing or publishing. Like Essence is this heritage brand and it's this thing that's omnipresent in your life. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I think I always wanted to touch essence at some point in my career so for them to ask me to write the September cover story that was actually going to be about Misty Copeland who is a friend of mine the um she's principal ballerina at American Ballet Theater I kind of jumped at the chance and I was like I have to do this after a, a series of back and forth with like trying to figure out if I could do it at the Huffington Post, they were like, you know, we don't really want you to do, you know, any freelance writing. Mm. And I kind of dug my heels in and I said, well, I'll just take the consequences. If it means me losing my job, I have to take this opportunity no. and and write this cover story. And they they were actually like, well, wait, like, if it's that serious, then you can stay. But um, I think it was a real turning point in my career when I just like understood my worth and understood that what was important to me and so six months after I wrote that cover story they called and offered me a job at Essence and I kind of jumped on it. I was going to ask how quick did you jump on it? (laughs) Yeah I mean really quick I mean like look I think I had like an amazing I had an amazing career at the Huffington Post and I learned so much and Ariana I still count her as like a really amazing mentor and person in my life even her initially saying no to me writing that Essence um, cover was for a purpose it was to allow me to find the courage in myself to say, you know, I'm going to do this and like, I'll find another job because I'm dope. Yeah. And then when they ended up allowing me to write it, I wrote it and it was great. I stayed at HuffPost obviously through after writing the cover story. But then when Essence called like six months later, I was like, uh, I'm going to go and do that because <laughs> you, you can't stay stagnant. And I think mm. being there for almost five years at HuffPost, I was like, let me go and try something new and definitely Essence is just amazing. So I think that's really awesome. And it it touches on the point of standing in your power, like having that whole experience with the Huffington Post and learning so much, but also standing up for something that you wanted to do. Right. And then that turning into your dream career is 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 so beautiful. And I want to backtrack just a little bit because I'm sure before writing as a professional, there was writing as a personal practice. And I would love to explore how writing came to be in your life and when you fell in love with words. Uh, I mean, I think from when I can remember, I was like always writing notes. Mm. Like I remember always like writing my mom a note if I wanted to go to a friend's house. Like it would just be so simple to just say, mom, can I go over to, you know, Latoya's house to go play? But it was me writing her a note and telling her what I wanted to do there. And like, it was weird. Like I just was always, I guess, in love with the actual, not only words, but like the written word, even in college, like funny enough, like when I compose, I compose with pen and paper. Like it's really hard for me. I mean, I've done it now after, after working at the Huffington Post and having to write so fast of um, writing, um, composing on the computer, but I still love to like handwrite. And I always write um, in cursive. Mm. Like, I can't print. My hand just won't do it. There's just like this love affair with words and writing and that sort of thing. I wish I journaled more. I mean, I listen to your, um, I listen to this podcast and the conversations you have with folks and like your own personal practice. And it's so inspiring because I used to journal a lot more and now I just like haven't and I just need to get back to that. Mm. Because I think it 
always makes you have a better voice and a better um and just be a better writer but um, my personal writing practice has kind of dwindled sadly but I'm writing so much for you know essence and other projects I'm working on that it's hard for me to do my personal writing do you miss it I do I do I I and I and I always I I miss not only the practice of it and like how it helps me just like move through my life Mm -hmm. and like make me feel better, but I also miss it for that sense of like what I'll leave behind. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I can't like, I'm there's, there's so many days and experiences and, and things that I'm not writing down and like, they'll just be lost when I leave this earth. And like, I want them to be here for, you know, not only my family, but, anyone else who like discovers my journals yeah I don't know yeah and our words outlive us and I'm I'm really just happy to hear you kind of segue into that because I I had this conversation with one of my self-care coaching clients and she's a lawyer and she is busy and all these things but she's also a new mom and a wife and a part of our practice is creating ritual through writing and she has been doing such a wonderful job with her journal questions and her writing homework. And literally she has birthed something that she can leave behind for her son. And she brought that up at, at our session last week. Like, Alex, I'm so glad that we were able to do this and that we're able to work through this stuff because now I have my journals that I can leave to him or give to him when he's older so he can know me and know what I'm going through or what I have gone through and how much I love and care about him and his dad and just all the things. So right. I love that you were you know, able to explore that too and just say that's something that you want to do and you know I'm going to encourage you to do it. Like, yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> lean I feel, into that. I know. I do need to lean into it. I do. I think I sometimes get caught up in my head too as like a writer and I'm like, it's got to be good. You know, like I can't just like sit down and be like, I had a, you know, a, a uncomfortable experience today around mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Right. Like I don't want to just like have it be this piffy, right. like, I did this today. I ate this today. I feel sad. I feel glad. Like I want it to be like this, like beautifully written, like poetic, like uh, representation of like my day. Mm. And like, I think the pressure I'm put on myself from that, like prevents me from even opening up my journal. Cause I'm (laughs) like, what I'm not going to do is waste this paper time and like this ink on just, eh, it was an okay day. You know, yeah, I mean, that's real. And I think that's why a lot of people don't journal and they don't write or they don't want to because it's like, where do I start? And I think, you know, personally, I prefer journal questions because it's like, okay, this is so much better than sitting down with this dear diary experience, which is boring. And like, what do I say? Where do I go with it? All that jazz. So I feel you, girl, all the way. Do you love discovering new products? Are you a beauty and fashion maven constantly on the hunt for the next best thing? Ever read about or spot something online that you've always wanted to try but never have? Then you might love FabFitFun. It allows women everywhere to discover new products as well as including rave review and must-have brands that you know and love. It's like Christmas four times a year. Stumped on gift ideas? FabFitFun is also a great gift for someone you love. 
You can surprise your mom or sister with this awesome summer box packed with great items. Do you have a daughter who's going to college, maybe, or a friend who's a new mom? FabFitFun is an awesome care package. My last box came with this beautiful lotus towel. It was blue, and it's shaped like the flower, and it has a gorgeous design in the middle. That's something we've been laying out on the deck and relaxing on for a few weeks now. So what I love about FabFitFun is that they offer full-size products, no samples of anything. Every box is guaranteed to have over $200-plus in retail value. The summer 2019 box has a total retail value between $269 to $467. That's fantastic. Treat yourself with items in it, such as the Sutra Professional Mini Travel Blow Dryer, the beautiful Vicks Paula Lotus Towel, or the West Elm Indigo Tie-Dye Bowls. Many of the products' individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. You can customize your box by choosing some products and some add-ons with each one. Or you can be surprised. It's great for discovering new brands and new products. What a better way to shop. I'm looking forward to my next box because they're always so different and packed with things I can actually use. I like to share the items in my box with my 11-year-old. She's really into skincare these days. We recently got a clay mask and a foot mask and a body scrub. She loves them all. The FabFitFun 2019 Summer Box is on sale now. So sign up for FabFitFun today. These boxes always sell out. You can use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun to sign up and get started. Use promo code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 for only $39.99. Go to FabFitFun.com and use my code HEYGIRL to get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. So to shift gears into into motherhood, let's talk about four-year-old Orion and like how his birth up to four years has shown you another side of who you are and how self-care plays a part in your mothering experience. Oh my God. I'm like literally getting, this is how emotional I am. I'm like literally getting weepy. Mm. Anytime anyone asks me about him, I just like get weepy because I, I just love him so much and I love what he's meant for me and like my like personal growth. I just feel like when I became a mother, I immediately understood like at least part of my purpose, you know, and it crystallized my, my career and like what I was doing. Like it's not, it was not only for me to be like, you know, get my byline on a really great story or, twirl at an event or go to a fashion show or, you know, have a lunch with, you know, the PR person at Chanel Beauty. Like, those are all amazing and fun things. But like, this was like, I want to make him proud. I want to make my time spent away from him count. You know, it makes you more efficient as, as an employee and as a person, because you're like, I don't have time to just like, put that off for another, you know, day or a few hours. I, I want to get my work done. I need to go and pick up my son. I want to make sure that when I do pick him up, if I'm going home, that I'm not immediately opening up my computer mm-hmm. and I'm spending time with him. So it's very practical and personal. You know, it's the practical side of being more efficient. But it's the personal side of like, I'm somebody's mama and I want them to be proud 
of me being their mama. Mm. How has, how has mothering and just parenthood brought you and your husband closer? Um, it's just cool to see us like forming a human being Mm. because like to me, I sometimes think of us like, and I think it's a good thing to think that way of us, like us being like young and like, I can't believe we're like actually like taking care of a person, right? you know, that might seem immature in some, in some sense, but it's also very like, I'm still, I still feel like my, my heart pitters and patters when I see my husband and like, Mm -hmm. you know, like when we first fell in love 13 years ago, but being able to have Orion in our lives has definitely brought us closer, but it's also obviously created a lot of challenges with, you know, figuring out how to, you know, balance our schedules right. and balance our times with time with each other, which we don't get a lot of time together. But the time that we have with Orion is just so sweet and precious. And like when we're just even just sitting on the couch watching like Paw Patrol, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice to, um, it's nice to have that time and no one's trying to go out to a club anyway. Right. So, uh, so I'm like a homebody. I like being home anyway. And like being home with my two boys is just like perfect. There's magic and memories in those moments. And Ryan and I, it's so funny. I was thinking about this the other day. Like we don't really do much. We never really did much before because we like being home too. And like mm-hmm. Netflix and chill and ordering in or cooking yeah. is like, where it's at and where it's kind of always been at (laughs) but now with with Isla um, you know Charlie she's a big girl so she's you know doing her own thing Um, she can entertain herself and stuff like that so when she's at my parents house on the weekends they they have their own little like date nights um, which is super cute it's it's me and Rye so it's not it's well it's me Rye and Isla (laughs) so we we don't get much um date night time like we used to and we really you know um when I was pregnant we made an effort to like do something every Friday night when Charlie would go to my parents house we would eat in or we would go for a walk and just really try to explore those alone time moments because we knew that they were coming to an end so just like the little twists and turns that come along with with marriage and then bringing children into a marriage it's like oh wow like things have changed a lot and and for the better but things are definitely different and just to kind of like circle back to what you said time is limited when you have children time together is limited so like really trying to be intentional about how you spend that time you know during bedtime you know when the kids go to sleep or you know just making sure that you're reconnecting at some point has been a big lesson for me and Ryan like did I tell him I loved him today are we checking in did we ask how each other's day were like not just Uh, getting caught in the like my heart (laughs) like I need I need to be more intentional about Mm, that and be more we all do present I mean Orion loves a song sometimes after we'd go through the whole bedtime routine it's like (laughs) you know brush your teeth wash your face do all the read two or three books like it's a lot right and after a long day of work and so sometimes after all of that he's like and can you sing a song and I'm always like no I don't want to sing a song Mm. and like I just want to go and sit and like eat or like have a glass of wine or 
I'm stressed out about like some project I have to do for work and it's like I'm trying to get through this whole like bedtime routine so that I can get to this project and the last thing I need to do is like sing a song but like singing a song will take like two minutes yeah and I'm like complaining about the fact that I don't want to sing him a song Mm. and I know that like one day I'll be like why didn't I sing that song Mm. I'm like really literally crying right now but but nobody talks about that part of motherhood it's always like you know we're super women right but it's like sometimes we don't want to sing a song and that's okay and like honoring that that's okay but also doing what you're doing now and being like but it takes two minutes and like I'm never going to get this time back so just finding the harmony and the balance in the in the motherhood mess in the parenthood mess because the work can wait you know and I think that that's what I'm learning um is that the work can wait even though it seems so pressing at the time um so we're all like trying to juggle and find balance and have boundaries in motherhood and it's not always pretty and I feel like the internet (laughs) makes things like really pretty and it's like how (laughs) it's like that is not like I don't want to do that like we don't yeah. go for long walks and pick daisies every day. And, you know, sometimes dinner looks like having puffs and getting nursed and that's it. You know, like yeah. Isla loves puffs and she's like obsessed with the peach ones. But it's just like finding what works for us and not feeling guilty about not wanting to sing that song. Yeah. You know, and like, I feel you. I feel you. guilt just came. Oh, rushing. I know. I know. I know. It happened. Rushing it, but yeah. Yeah, it'll be fine. I mean, I think that's been part of like at least the story that I like to tell through my social media and is that it's not as easy and glamorous mm-hmm. as what people think, you know. Yeah. I work in a industry that is built on glamour and built on facade and built on smoke and mirrors. Mm. I have to be it's a I think I believe it's my responsibility to be extra transparent mm. about the fact that it's not like that and yeah. at least for me yeah I, I have friends whose lives look like a page out of Vogue magazine you know and that's great and like it's inspiring but for me, it's not – I mean, that's just not my life. I, I still bless and I still love what I do and there's still moments of glamour. But mm. I have to show that in those crevices, in the, there are these, like, real moments. I'm a black woman with natural hair who's a size 16. Like, mm. fashion and beauty is not necessarily made for me. Wow. But I've made a way for myself and a way of speaking about – being successful in the industry, but also being very true to Julie. Mm. And like, if that means going to a fabulous party and showing that on my social media and then going home and have it, having Orion peel off my fake eyelashes, <laughs> which is like one of our favorite and, and apparently everyone who follows me, their favorite segments, he loves peeling off my eyelashes, <laughs> but that's not very, glamorous of me on brand right? it's not very on brand mm. as a beauty and fashion director to have been to go to a fancy fashion or beauty event and then to come home to my small Harlem apartment walk up four-story walk up and then have my four-year-old son peel off my eyelashes because god forbid you see that I live in a four-story walk-up in Harlem and that my eyelashes aren't real, Mm. you know? Mm. So it's 
but that's real. But that's real. And I have to be real and I have to show you that you do not have to be have this perfect life and all of these the perfect apartment and the perfect eyelashes to to be successful mm. in this world. And like, you know, I've been really vocal about even during like fashion week and stuff. I'm like yeah. or, you know, Essence Festival. I'm like, I don't have any clothes to wear because all of the companies that you know, a lot of the companies that I work with don't even have clothing above a size 14. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting to be in this world, but like not necessarily feel like you fit in mm. to it. And look at you just flourishing and making a way and being vulnerable in the moments that nobody wants to really talk about. What I admire about you is your ability to speak up and stand in your power and also like lean into your career and be a mother and knowing that motherhood isn't a brand. You know, it is a experience. It is a it is a lifestyle that never goes away. (laughs) Like you're always going to be a mother. And I just really admire that about the work that you're doing and the voice that you're giving not only other women, but yourself to be like, hey, it doesn't always look like X, Y and Z. Sometimes it looks like A, B and then E. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, really. And I think that, you know, it's it's not only like, look, I have I'm not about like, oh, I need a hundred thousand followers to make myself feel like right. I'm, you know, important. Like, right. The followers I have are definitely a good amount, but like I'm very engaged with them and like I DM with people that I have no idea who they are, like whatever. But like I try to engage with people just to see I don't know, it's 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 I think it's part of that like just having a human connection with someone and not necessarily um that's outside of your normal life and world. I hear often that you know, I love how real you are. Thank you for showing us that it's not a perfect life and a perfect world. But not only is it, I feel like, inspiring to others to see that, but, like, it's it's the battery in my back to keep pushing forward that, like, I'm not perfect, and but, like, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm, I'm okay with not being this, like, perfect example of what... I recently started wearing a new bra by Third Love, and I absolutely adore it. Did you know that breast shape matters when you're finding a good fit? I didn't. Third Love uses data points generated by millions of women who have taken their fit finder quiz to design bras with breast size and shape in mind for a perfect fit and premium feel. I found the fit finder quiz really helpful when I was picking out my Third Love bra. I didn't know I was wearing the wrong size for so long. I think what's really awesome about this is that over 12 million women have taken the quiz to date. And it's actually a pretty fun experience. I answered a few simple questions and I found my perfect fit in about 60 seconds. Third Love offers more than 70 sizes, which is more sizes than most other brands, including their signature half cup sizes. Not only that, but Third Love is convenient. You can skip the trip to the mall, find your fit with their online fit finder, order, try it on at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. What really sold me on Third Love was the 100% fit guarantee. 
Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. And if you don't love it, you can return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Third Love's team of expert fit stylists are dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. Fit stylists are available every day to help via text, chat, or phone. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. What's not to love? Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering Hey Girl listeners 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash heygirl to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash heygirl for 15% off today. What it looks like to be in this industry or in this world or, you know, be the perfect mom or perfect wife. And I like looking back at those things and like not cringing, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. It does. You know, it does. that like, I'm like, no, that was cool. Like, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that like, you know, I got dirt on my pants and I'm going into a fashion show or whatever. And like, that's so faux pas. And everyone's going to be like, what is she doing? She looks raggedy. I don't care. Like, that's me. And like, my worth is is definitely not you know contingent on whether there's like dirt on my pants or not you know it's not my responsibility to show up in this world perfect it's my responsibility to show up in this world as i am it's also not my responsibility to have other people receive or like me it is my responsibility to um stand in my truth and in hopes that that assist other people specifically women um stand in theirs and the joy from this work that we're doing is building community and being honest while we're doing it because that is where the truth is that's where the community stands together is in the imperfection it's in the imperfect moments that we see the glory finding that tribe you know finding those people that get that yeah you know like i love interacting with people that get the fact that like it's okay not to like be what people want you to be Mm. like i'm just me and like and the fact that like especially in what i do you know, like people's worths are so tied to like their title or what publication they're at. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I always say this and I'm always like, Julie, you're going to like jinx yourself out of a job or something. (laughs) But I'm always like, I need to be okay with me without the title and without the brand, Mm. you know, without the company. Yeah. Like Julie is dope. What makes Julie doper is that she gets to be the fashion and beauty director at Essence right yeah, now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, because I'm constantly having to remind myself, like, this isn't mine. This can be taken from me, mm, you know? Yeah. And what's mine is me. And so yes. who am I? Like, I'm dope. I'm a good friend. I'm a good wife. I'm a good mom. I'm all of these things beyond what I do. Yes. And what I do is definitely shiny. It makes people look to who I am, but hopefully that's just an entree for you to see, oh, but Julie, she's dope. Like, she's the dope one. And what makes her doper is all these other things, like her job. But if I leave this job or this job is, God forbid, taken from me, I'm not lost. Or people aren't like, well, the only reason why she was cool was because she did that. It's like, no, Julie was 
really cool. That's why, like, on my social media, it's not just, you know, a lot of people in my position and in, in, in this industry. It's like outfits of the day, only the, the, the gifts and the perks and like all of that. It's like, no, I'll show you like, look, if I'm wearing a cute outfit, I'm gonna put that up. (laughs) If I get a cute selfie for sure. But like, it's also like friends, friends of mine that don't even work in fashion. It's also my husband. It's also my son. It's also me doing other things. Like I can't just show you a facade of what you believe a fashion and beauty director at Essence should be this is Julie, this is my life, and you'll see glimpses of what I do, but it has to be a 360 view. Mm, I love that. I love that. Um, As we start to wrap up, Uh I want to ask you how you are blooming in your career and this industry as a black woman of color writer. Mm. Um, I'm really proud to be someone that people can look to as one of the very, like a very small group of us. I, it's definitely an honor and a joy. And I think that I'm just growing and growing and standing more in my voice. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been very vocal about the lack of diversity in fashion and beauty. And I feel like I've been able to do that in a way that maybe some of my counterparts um, and my sisters in this industry haven't been able to. I mean, I feel like we're all pretty voicey, but Mm -hmm. I kind of count it as a blessing now. And I used to think of it as um, not a curse, but something that bothered me was that I'd never been at like a Vogue or an Allure and Harper's Bazaar Mm -hmm. or that sort of thing. And all of those places like legitimize you as like a fashion editor or a beauty editor, right? Mm -hmm. I've been at Real Simple, which does fashion and beauty, but not considered a fashion or beauty book. I've been at the Huffington Post, which again, does fashion and beauty, but not considered one of those um, mainstream fashion and beauty titles. And then Essence, which is does it and does it well, but is considered a lifestyle magazine, Mm. you know? And because I've been, I've had this kind of adjacency to these big brands, I've been able to be like more vocal and, um, and be able to say things that maybe I wouldn't have been able to say if I was at another brand uh, or at other brands. So I kind of, and and whereas, like I said, that kind of bothered me in the past. I'm like, oh, why can't I like just be at a fabulous big fashion or beauty um, glossy? Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've, that it's been a blessing for me that I've been able to be at these other places and like really to use the word that you use bloom into the writer and the voice and the presence I I was destined I think to be in in this field Mm. lastly I want to touch on self-care so how have you been honoring your self-care practice as you move through the world as a black woman as a size 16, as a mother, as someone who is vocal about different things that go go on, not only in regular life, but in the industry? How does self-care play a part in how you move through the world in your body? I don't think I've done a really good job of self-care. I like to talk about self-care. In a, and I think by talking about it, um, I'm hoping that it manifests in my life in somehow, in some way. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm not good at like really taking time for myself. I just literally just went 48 hours to Austria. Um, yeah, for this, um, this, this spa, Susan Kaufman, um, who has, she owns a, a spa and a hotel in Austria and she invited me there and I was there, um, for only 48 hours, but I, it was just such an amazing moment of self-care and I just realized then that I don't do a good job of self-care. I'm like very much like, what does everybody want from me? I'm a, I'm like a yes girl. Like I'll do it. Like, sure. Like, let me do that. Like, so I definitely need to be better about that. Mm -hmm. I think as far as like my body and being in my body, um, it's a little hard. Um, I, I'm, I'm very proud of like my size and all of those things, but I also do think that that is me trying to, um, work through the emotions of being okay with being a size 16, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Like I was a division one track and field athlete in college. Like I was a machine, like I was slim, trim and muscular and fast and all of those things. And now actually after having a baby and just living life, I'm now found myself in this body that I don't really recognize, mm. but I'm learning to love. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I cry a lot about the fact that, I'm, you know, my body is different than what I've always known it to be. Mm. But then I just, like, remind myself, like, I had, I was, like, brought a dope-ass life into the world. So I'm not going to, like, beat myself up about this. And my stretch marks and my non-flat tummy and my big thighs. And I can't fit into that dress I fit into two months ago or whatever it is. Like, I just get over it, buy a new dress. <laughs> smile and thank god that i'm like being able to even just take up space in this world mm, you know that that taking up space if you want to connect with julie on social media you can do so at instagram at miss julie m-i-s-s-j-u-l-e-e -S -S -E Girl Podcast is a member of the District Productive, produced by Paul, Woody Woodhall, and me, Alex L. Music by DC's own Kokai. <laughs>